0: Quantum Alchemy Radio, where a new perspective is a new reality. One slight shift. Imagine this one slight shift in perception can cause our perspective to become a new reality. Why not you? Why not now? Join us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quantum alchemy radio my name is anya sophia Nan. i'll be your host for the next hour and a half or so and i really look forward to having you calling in so that we can jump right in and go forward with some quantum alchemy laser coaching that's right laser coaching and that's what i've been doing for ooh, over 20 years now and basically i'm in the business of the global business of human development. So laser coaching, any topic, any situation, personal or business, give us a call, and I'm going to jump in with you and help shift your perspective on what it is ever up for you, and that will begin to shift your reality. And yes, we will be live on the air for that. In the first segment of the show, the co-host and I will be chatting about today's topic. Today's topic is who, what is a light worker and what's the meaning, purpose, and role of light workers. So the co host, Ruth, and I are going to dive into a little bit of a dialogue around that, and then the coaching can be on that topic or whatever is up for you. And in the last segment, we're going to move into, again, dialoguing around some of the research that we've done on what is a light worker and looking at it from the aspect of parenting, teaching, and coaching. Sometimes it's the slightest shift in perspective, again, that can make such a difference in a person's life and the system that's around them, whether it's a family system, a community, um, a team at work will shift as a result of you shiftings. It's the work that I love most to do I'm very natural at it, and I look forward to connecting with you today on that. So let's check in. Ruth, are you
1: here?
2: I'm here, Anya, and it's great to be here. It's really exciting. We've got loads of people now. We've got people from uh, all over the world, over 2,000 people now, Anya, listen to this show, over (laughs) 2,000 people from all over the world, France, Spain, Belgium, all over the UK, England, uh, England, Scotland, and Wales. We're waiting on Ireland. We've got oh, oh, loads of states across, right across the USA now. And weren't we just talking about Hawaii the other week, Anya? Didn't you ask? Yes. If somebody yes. was in Hawaii. Well, now we do. This week, we've got somebody signed up from Hawaii. You know, lots, so many states, you know, Wisconsin, Hawaii, Nevada. This week, we've got our first person in Nevada joined us. Texas uh, we've got some states have got a lot of people in so meaning there are there are lots and lots of people signing up all the time from the USA but, but a lot of them are in either California or New York or Massachusetts, they're they're probably the most popular state so far, Illinois, for some reason, a lot of people in Illinois are listening in, Um, we've got Florida, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Alabama, Um, some people just put East Coast, so when you do sign up folks, if you put what state you're actually in, then we can pinpoint you, Um, and we've got lots of people who don't put any location at all, but they sign up anyway. So, New Zealand, Canada, Australia, Germany, and this week, Singapore. You know, somebody actually put it, they live in Singapore. So, there could have been people listening from Singapore before, but we didn't know about it. So, if you sign up, when you sign up, let us know where you are, and then we can, we can read it out.
0: Also, listeners, I highly recommend that um, you have some, you know, form of a journal. In other words... I will constantly be giving um, tips, tools, and techniques that you can begin to apply in your own life and share with other people um, on the topics that we're talking about. And the foundation, of course, you know, is the coaching, which is the global business of human development under it. So I believe that every day in every way, everyone is coaching, whether you call it that or not. We are coaching. And, you know, just trying to get a 2-year-old to bed or, you know, a 5-year-old to the dinner table or a 15-year-old to do their homework, we are coaching. And we can develop those skills and become much more skillful at the art of coaching because we do it every day, all day work and home so you know we just want to become more conscious about it so I'll be sharing a lot of information also can be found at lifecoachingmagazine.net
2: that's phenomenal there's a in the multimedia section there's a collection of Anya's favorite videos that she's come across over the years you know like YouTube videos and things but really um Inspiring and up- particularly inspiring and uplifting ones, you know, very moving ones. I think of that one uh, which most people, I certainly didn't know about. It. We hear lots of us heard all the stories, the rescue rescue stories after 911, you know, and the heroic stories, but I never knew about the boat lift. I never knew about all the boats, which were mainly just owned by members of the public. Just ordinary people went out, got their yeah. boats out, and people saw something was happening on Manhattan Island. Yeah. I'm getting m- emotional now talking about it. And yeah. it, it was like an art, It's the biggest ever boat yeah. evacuation yeah. in the world, in history, yeah. even bigger than, than Dunkirk in World War Two. And it was ordinary yeah. people that went in their boats, and, and rescued yeah. people got them off the island. I know, I can
0: see see that video in my head right now. And Ruth, on that note, precisely on that note, Ruth, that brings me into the title of this show, Who, What is a Lightworker? And What's the Meaning, Purpose, and Role of Lightworkers? And Mm -hmm. that's a perfect example of a lightworker. A lightworker... If I just look to my own meaning of that in the moment is, no, not someone who changes light bulbs. Could be, though. (laughs) Right. Okay, it's someone who moves through the world, um, let's see, almost magnetically called up to situations where their energy will lighten up the situation. Now think about that for a moment, using using the, you know, the the captains of the different boats that went out and got all the people from the 9-11, you know, and moved them to the other side. They're called up to bring light or lighten up a situation and contribute through that light. Um, almost very... Um, very like action oriented ruse and something, for example, by action, I don't mean always doing. Action can look like, well, let's look at compassion. Compassion is love in action and that can look like you hear about a situation, you know, friend or family and you just sit down and you bring them into your heart space and you just breathe and you just you hold them in a higher light. Let's say they're going through a really tough time or it's just been an accident and, you know, you've heard about that, a family member. You sit and you breathe into the space of love that's in your heart, bringing light to the situation. That's, you know, that's the briefest way that that I can um, share for me what is, feels like to be, if you want to use the label, to be a light worker. Someone who's bringing light to the situation from a place of very open-hearted. And so now, um, Ruth, let's just take a moment because we're about to come up on a promo here. Perhaps we should go into the promo um, and then come in with the other definition that you had put aside. And then we're going to open up the coaching lines and move right into coaching. So let's go in with the promo, Ruth, and then give us the definition. I believe it was from Doreen Virtue. Then we'll move in to open up the lines for coaching. 30-second promo coming up happens to be about my practice and how to reach me and connect with me. When, if, you are really ready. A quantum leap in your life physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, or relationally. Visit Anya dot com. Visionary intuitive, coaching, and consultant. Anya man dot com. I'll see you there. Are you ready? Uh. I think I say this every time. Yes, I am ready, <laughs> ready, able, <laughs> willing, open-hearted, open-minded. There isn't a situation I can think of, Ruth, over the years that I have not been able to be with someone and move to a place where they they see it differently. It's mm. it's an honor. So, definition, light worker. Yes, so you. It was. Yeah, I believe it was Doreen Virtue. Yes.
2: That's right. So in doing the research for for today's show, um, this seems to just be the the simplest one. So Dorian Virtue's definition of a light worker is uh, someone who feels compelled to help others and deeply cares about the world.
3: Mm. Mm.
0: And it's natural. It's innate. It's it's just there. Mm. It's just there. It's just there within the being. So, I think cause Ruth, let to open up the coaching lines and, and see who's willing to just step right in and play.
2: Okay, so the first person on the line today, the last four numbers of your num- your last four digits are 6181.
0: 6181. Hi, this is Anya, 6181. Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 Hello. Hi. This is you, Amy. Hi, Amy. Where are you
1: calling Hi. in from? I'm calling in from Pennsylvania.
0: Okay. And if you um, just give me a little bit, Amy, just, you know, a little bit about your situation and we will take it from there.
1: Well, I, um, I feel like... My path is to be is to help people more, and the career path that I'm in is not that way because nothing um when you hit a lot of obstacles and you're unhappy in you know what I mean in your job um, and I can't seem to get a break to get into I work for state government um which can be helping a lot of people, but um, every time I go up for a job um, that I want to go for, somebody else gets it, um, where it is helping people. So mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm hitting my obstacles um, and where my blockage is at. Okay.
0: So so are you
1: ready? Yes.
0: Okay. So here here we go, Amy. Um So give me two things, just off the top of your head, two things that you feel good about within you when you're at work, two things you feel good about when you're at work. It's a way of Um. seeing that you are at work and you feel good about it. What is it? Two
1: things. Well, actually, not the place where I'm at. I when I'm helping people, but actually, the environment okay. where I'm at is where, where mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where I'm hitting into the roadblock. Right. Okay. So,
0: I want you to go to the place of when you're helping people. Give me two things that feel good. When you're helping people What's in you What happens And what are you doing When you feel good When you're helping someone What happens Um get your environment right now I'm going to jump in with an example For example if I would answer that question Right now in this moment Amy It would sound something like I lose time. I forget everything everything else dissolves. I'm so present and I lose time and that feels really good. So what for you feels good when you're helping someone?
1: Um, just I would say in the sense of being unselfish, um other people where um, and
0: let's just stay right there so did I hear you correctly Amy the innocence of being unselfish
1: yes In the,
0: yeah okay beautiful what right, let we're gonna work right here so so, if I may, I want to share with you what I witnessed from you, which I believe is part of part of what needs to be um worked on for you, and that is you sound as if Amy you are more connected with what's not working or with what's not going well than you are with what is going well with you as a human being here to share that the environment and the perspective upon which you are seeing things is clouded because you're allowing those things that don't feel so good to become the dominant, excuse me, the dominant vibration of a dominant focus or the dominant energy What I'm proposing is that, and let's start right now, what I'm proposing is that you focus on and you grow what does feel good in you. So, for example, you spoke about unselfish. I cannot think of anything more beautiful than that because a person who is operating from the place of being unselfish is moving through the world aware of others around them, aware of situations around them. For example, an unselfish act would look like this. When you go into the ladies' room at work, let's say the person before you left, you know, used paper towels on the sink. An unselfish act would look like when you're done washing your hands and you're wiping your hands in paper towels, you pick up that other used paper towel and you throw it out with yours. That is an unselfish act. No one's looking. No one sees you. And so you're not doing it, so to speak, for browning points. There's something unselfish in you doing acts of kindness, Caring, honoring, when no one's looking. Now, what I'm proposing is that you increase those kinds of acts consciously every day at work where you're almost looking for opportunities to act on your unselfishness. Can you feel that? Can you feel that in you right now? Can you feel yourself having opportunities to share unselfishness through action? Feel yourself chakra. That's right, right there. I heard your I heard your throat, your throat chakra open up. You're very receptive to this idea right now. So even more, go deeper even more and feel yourself acting unselfishly at work with coworkers. And now actually bring it into the actual work that you're doing, whether you're on the phone or whatever, you know, or seeing people, you know, in front of you as whatever your business is, see yourself being unselfish with them. What would that look like? Okay. What would that look like? Unselfish acts with people that are clients or whatever at work. What would that look like? How would you listen to them? How would you... Respond to them.
1: Um, going above and beyond. Um, yes. Yes? One more. That wouldn't be part of my normal job. huh. Mm-hmm.
0: So, listeners, this is really important. Amy, can you see and experience now what I meant by you're not real connected to the things that feel good in you? Because you're having a little, you know, difficulty or hesitation in even answering what feels good. Can you see that? hmm And now can you see why I'm proposing that you move into your life, your work life, connected to unselfish acts so that it becomes such a natural part of you that's getting expressed in the world. Yes? Yes. And so what's going to happen as a result of that, I can only imagine, Amy. But my sense is, that you will start to become more full, in a very positive way, more full of yourself. You know, the, the light part of you, the light worker, if you will, part of you. The one who is being moved from within. And as a result, your outer environment will change People will start to respond to you differently, and you will start to feel good about what you're doing. And in the feeling empowered in you and in what you're doing, several things could happen. You're either going to one day wake up and go, you know what, I'm going to seek out another job so I can even be more of a full expression of this, or the people around you at work are going to notice you more And something will come up as a result of that, whether it's a promotion or whatever. Point is, can you now, in this now moment, feel, just by talking about this, feel how you can be different at work by being more of who you really are. Get your attention off the environment and put your attention on the environment of you. Can you feel that? Yes. Yes. Are you willing to do that?
3: Yes, I will.
0: And so what that will look like, listeners, is actually bringing a light into a shadowed room where the light is dim. She will be the light going into what looks like uh, an environment full of shadows. Can you see that? Yes. Awesome. So in the light of who you really are, that's how you're going to show up or work. That one small conscious shift will make a world of difference, Amy. So good for you. Yay for you that you're willing to try it. And the thing I'm curious about, Ruth, is I am really curious about in segment five, or actually segment four, when I come in with um, the Conscious Journey Tenant and see what that tenant is for the day, I have a feeling it will resonate with Amy. So Amy, I look forward to you connecting back again and, and sharing with us how that slight shift in perspective can make a world of difference in your work thank you for jumping in thank you for jumping in thank you you're very very welcome and so ruth where are we now do we need to jump in with a promo or scoot into another call
2: you've got time to coach somebody else yeah and so great everybody if you're listening, there's a little bit more time for coaching today because the show's a little bit longer with the astrology piece at the end. So start calling in. You know, there's room for more today. And the next person in the queue, uh, your phone number is 9721, 9721.
3: Uh, oh, hello. Um, yes. Uh, I'm hello. To show with... Yes, hello. Sorry, I didn't mean to... <laughs> Hello, Um, I've had a sense of uh, being in touch with many different things since I was a child. I've had many many visions um, that have come to pass since then, Uh but that has problems. Um, Because there are times you want to shut that down. Yes. Uh, there are times you need to take care of yourself. Yes. And it's very difficult when, you know, you have visions even when you're sleeping. So it, it, it's, it's hard to yes. Yes. keep yourself a little bit of, of rest and break from yes. all of that. Yes, yes. I but hear you. you. And
0: let, let me jump in and be with you on this. And um, what's your first name and where do you live? My name is Risha,
3: R-I-S-H-A, and I live in New Orleans, USA. Here. Yeah, I'm here. In the- so,
0: L-I-S-H-A, Risha. R-I, yeah, R, R-I.
3: R-I-S-H-A.
0: R-I-S-H-A, Okay, and Risha, and you're in yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I hear you. Okay, and so your question is, what to do about the visions that you're having that. Sometimes it's disturbing, but they come and and go at times that, you know, are inconvenient or, you know, you're not interested or no, not now, correct? Yes. And that's been going on since you were a child, correct? Yes,
3: yes. I had many sleepless nights even as a child, yeah. -hmm. Yes.
0: So here we go, Risha, here we go. And listeners, by the way, there are especially the new children you know that are coming into the world, you know whether as babies or smaller children, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right around there the the new children that have come into the world, their channels are many of them the channels are wide open, so they it appears like they have nightmares and you know, all of that. So this kind of fits in a little bit with what Risha is talking about. So here we go. First of all, Risha, I really want you to hear from a very open-minded and open-hearted place, I'm going to say something that I really want you to get. So take a deep breath, big breath in, and exhale.
3: Uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes.
0: You, you are in charge. You, you are in
3: charge. Okay. You,
0: you have control. You are in charge, not only for what comes into your space, but how you be with that. Right? So. Okay. One word, extraordinarily powerful, and the word is no. It's that simple. Now, whatever comes into your space as a vision, let's say in the night, you know, visions come in or whatever, and you're aware of them. No, no, not now. No, no, not now. And you take your attention and you put it on something else.
3: Okay,
0: it's that simple
3: right what
0: you right, what you put your attention on is you're growing it, so for example you can mm-hmm. there are a few things that you can do when you go to bed. you want to make sure, for example, you put your the palm of your hand on the third eye area of your forehead, you know that space between your eyes you just Put it, and then you take your other hand and you put it at the nape of your neck. And you consciously, consciously, if you will, close the door, close the window, whatever image whatever image comes to you so that you're actually closing it. It could even be a flower. You let the petals fold back up and they become a bud. So you're consciously doing that before you go to sleep. Yeah, right. and so then, and so then, if there, you know, our little bleed-throughs, if you will, or the visions start mm-hmm. to come, you absolutely can say no, no, not now, and put your attention on something light-filled, whether you see a, a flower with sunlight coming through it. That's all you do. You do it's that simple.
3: Okay. does that resonate I have, yes it does resonate and I also have one other um, I'm empathic and yes. somebody will tell me I have a migraine headache okay uh-huh. I'll just come on the phone with someone or someone's around me and they have a migraine headache well within minutes I have a migraine headache uh-huh. so I absorb a lot of energy from people and they don't necessarily have to be right there Okay, so
0: emotions. here we go. Here we go. Here yeah. we go. Rachel. here we go. I'm going right back into the space of you are in charge. This is the most important I'm message that you need to get right now. You are in charge. You are in control. I, okay, I like so
3: your that. system.
0: Yes. yes, your system picks up that headache. You empathically feel it because we're all connected. You know, here we go again, Ruth, to the light, you know, the light work of definition. We are all connected. We did we, proof yeah. of it. Um, you go back to the first radio show when we did the the show on that, this proof. So all it is, Risha, is information. You go, oh, that person has a migraine. And then you say, no, not mine. And release it. No, not mine. It's cool. that simple.
3: Simple. Okay.
0: It's, it's that simple, Risha. So, from this moment forward, your new best friend in the whole world is the word <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> I like that. That is okay. so true. I mean, it really is. That's you right. can communicate with yourself. I mean, really good it. Absolutely. Shut down.
0: Absolutely. Right. Okay? So, there's it's nothing happening. Itself. Right. That's right. There's, and, and, Risha, the other important piece is there's nothing happening to you. It's just happening, and you happen to be aware of it. And if you don't want it, you say, no, not now. Just like exactly. if you're watching TV. Right. Yes. And what happens if you're watching TV and this, you know, horrible horror show starts playing? Click. Right. Exactly, because you right. don't want it in your mind stream. It did not take you over. You are in control. Your new best friend, here's the word now. Got it?
3: Okay.
0: Awesome, Risha. Thank you so much for calling Thank me in. Thank you so much.
3: All oh, right. You're very, you. Very, Wonderful
0: you're, show. You're very, very welcome. Thanks for your help. All right. that
3: was oh, great very,
0: Thanks.
3: Yeah, you're very Bye-bye. welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Hi. So callers, looking forward, um, let's keep the ball rolling here. It is so simple to have just the simple shift. Something opens up. So Ruth, over to you. Shall we just jump in a little bit more around today's topic and just chat a little bit more about what does it mean? Who what is a light worker? What's the meaning, purpose, and role of the light worker? And maybe using Amy and Risha a little bit as an example.
2: It's a very interesting topic, this, this term light worker, because I was curious when this word first came into our language. You know, it's, it's interesting language, isn't it? Because it's like one minute, um, you know, a wo- there's no word, and then suddenly this word pops into the language. And right. So I did a little bit of uh, research, and on uh, Amazon, and um, because I was curious about when when did this when did this um, word come into the language, so I, I just <laughs> typed lightworker in Amazon. To see yeah. how early were people writing books about light workers, how early were people talking about light workers, and I was surprised mm-hmm. to find the earliest book I could find. I'm not saying in case anybody's listening, saying, "Hey, I, I read a book years ago." The earliest one that I could find on Amazon at the moment was written in 1991, and that was called mm-hmm. "A Call to the Light Workers" by Rhea Powers. So I think way back in 1991 uh it would have been considered pretty uh pretty woo woo, you know, back in nineteen ninety one. And and um maybe even the word light worker is still thought of as a little bit woo woo. So I thought to maybe come at it from a different angle and mm. if if what Doreen Virtue says, that worker is, is people who feel compelled to help others and deeply care about the world. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there who feel that, like Amy yes. and like Risha, but they might not be calling themselves lightworkers. So, of course, guess what? There I am on Google. And I found evidence, again, you know, in unexpected places from the world of marketing, so you know, marketers are always trying to predict people. What are people like? What are people wanting? Where are people <laughs> going to go and spend the money? You know, so they know. Well, they probably know before the psychologists do. You know, the, the latest trends in human uh, human marketing and yeah. you said
3: <laughs>
2: human consciousness. And this term, this uh, this there's an acronym that they're using to to segment, you know, to target part of the market. And it's called LOHAS, L-O-H-A-S. And that stands for Lifestyles of Health and Sustainability. And the reason that um, marketers are so interested in this group of people that they've called LOHAS is because they involve over 41 million people in the USA alone. That's over 19 yeah. percent of adults in the USA and it represents over two hundred and nine billion dollars spent right. on goods and services and yes. these and these are focused on health, the environment, social yes. justice, personal development and sustainable living. So here's this group of people that's been identified by marketers who fit Doreen Virtue's definition. The, w- the reason people are willing to spend $209 billion on those things is because they feel compelled to help others and deeply care about the world. So right. although they're not using the word light worker, there's a group of people with those characteristics that have been identified in the marketing world. So it's real yes. and tangible.
0: And there's no doubt in my mind, Ruth. No doubt in my mind at all. Amy? And Risha both have those qualities within them. You know, interesting, mm-hmm. the unselfish piece, you know, when coaching Amy. So so Amy, Amy, this is what she was invited to do, listeners, is to be the light in the room. In other words, her work environment just, you know, it, she, it was like it was closing in on her. And what I'm proposing is she be the light in that room. And not not by doing anything major, but by starting with something really simple, you know, just by paying attention to those unselfish acts. And the same thing with Risha. You know, the visions that are disturbing her in the night say, no, there's nothing happening to you. You're the one with the power. You're the one. It's your reality that you're engaging with beautiful, Ruth. And I just want to jump in and say, and today, Ruth will have her segment about Soul Path Astrology in about mm, 45 minutes or so. So really looking forward to that. So, Ruth, do we have any other callers on the line to jump in and see if we can move some energy?
2: Yes, we do. The next number in line is 836483.
4: I'm calling from Woodland Hills,
0: California. How are you, lady? I'm very well. And tell me again where you're calling in from, Danielle. Woodland Hills, California. And we have the same area code. Oh, excellent. Excellent. (laughs) And so are you driving in your car? Are you driving in your car, Danielle?
4: Yes, I am. I'm just now pulling up to the location I was going to, so now I'm pulling in my parking space. (laughs) Okay, great. Awesome. Perfect timing then. (laughs) Perfect
0: timing. So, Danielle, just give me, uh, you know, a little bit about what it is that you want to just bring into the center here and
4: we see where it goes from here. Well, actually, I was just calling to listen into the show um, I am a Reiki master, and um, I I make um, Reiki-infused handmade jewelry, and I Beautiful. work with crystals as well. So this was quite interesting, the title of Lightworkers. And as a matter of fact, the book that you mentioned from 1991, Lightworkers, I have that book. So I thought it was quite <laughs> interesting that you guys said that was the earliest book that you'd found. I- Right. I think right. maybe there is something prior to that. Maybe they called it something else, but it still right. meant light workers.
3: Mhm. <laughs> so what
0: would be what would be interesting in addition to, you know, getting, you know, to the place of, of where we can shift something with you. I'm curious, would you be willing to just in the moment, Danielle, share what what you know a definition for light worker might mean for you, given that you're a Reiki master and you infuse, you know, Reiki energy into jewelry. So what's your idea yes. of light worker?
4: Well, you know, light is the energy to me and everything is energy. So light worker, energy worker, um, you know, God or however you call him is the light you know, that and he or he she is in everything. Um and to be filled with that on a constant basis is wonderful. Um I believe Mm -hmm. a light worker is like a like you said, a way shower um to open people's eyes that have no clue. I mean there are some people out there that I've spoken to that don't even know what a chakra is. You know, so I believe um it's it's opening people's eyes and and expanding their horizon to know everything that's out there with regards to energy and healing and and love. Everything is based on love, you know. Yeah. Um So that would be my definition of a light worker. Um, and healing, you know, healing in all aspects, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, or mentally. Um Yes. Yeah you know, we all need healing of some sort. Um, that would be a light worker to me. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful.
3: Beautiful. Um mm-hmm.
4: Those so, give themselves. Yes. That that
0: that is beautiful. So Danielle, is there anything I can support you with? Any question, personal, professional, you know, that I can maybe shed some light. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no pun intended.
3: <laughs>
4: right, I knew you'd like that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, um, you know, as I said, I am a Reiki master. Um, my angels, I and guides, and Father God, and my ascended masters—they um, felt that I was ready, ready for this. I, I didn't think that I was. <laughs> But um, they felt that I was ready for this, so um, the way was open for me to not just to become a Reiki practitioner, but a master at it, and I'm so grateful for that. The way that I found Reiki is due to my own illnesses and looking for a way to heal because the doctors said there's no cure, and that equals heal from within to me. You know, so, um, being, being, um, thrusted into this position, I know that I still have a huge fear of success, um, that I've been trying to work on and, um, and, you know, release, um, here lately, especially the past month, um, so that I can move forward, you know, with my business and to help people and to open their eyes further, um, but I'm still, you know, I I would love advice from from people that that have the knowledge on any ways that I can do that or to open myself up more to spirit. I communicate with them through my pendulum, um, but I found that I'm still not to pendulum down and just listen,
1: to, you know, right. and not
4: second guess. I still have this huge issue with second guessing, and um, okay. Um, are so you now. ready?
0: Can I, can I yes. come in with you
4: now? Okay, great. Here we go. Mm-hmm. All right. So
0: first of all, Danielle, first of all, we need to take a look at the word success. And by the way, listeners, this is going to be one that fits a lot of us. It's moving through
3: mm-hmm.
0: the stamp of the label of what the word success means, okay? So what does success And take a moment, Danielle. What does success look like, sound like, feel like, mean to you? Now, I don't mean going forward. I mean your past exposure or ideas about success. Um, Success to me
4: means... Being not only good at what you do, but um, knowing that you are good at what you do and henceforth being successful with it, meaning um, not – how can I word this? Um, Not holding back with it. Um, Yes. Not – being afraid of it, um, yeah. enjoying what you do, therefore it's not work. Um, yes. Yeah. Being fulfilled, being fulfilled with what you do. Yes. Yeah. Um, now. And now, happy. what I'm hearing,
0: what I'm hearing in this is, you're not there yet, and it's a future. And what I'm interested in in this moment with you, Danielle, is what's your exposure been to success? behind you who Who taught you what success had to look like
4: um specifically my mother and her sisters um okay so what
0: what did it look like what was your earliest exposure to success was it hard work
4: um hard work and um yeah and things, plenty of money coming in for things and, and doing yes. things, going places, physical yes. things. Yes. And yes. I'm told that without it, you will have nothing.
0: Yes. There you go. There's your conflict.
4: Mm
3: hmm.
0: Okay. So there's your conflict. So consciously or unconsciously, and by the way, listeners, we, we all have some version of exactly what Danielle is talking about. So we need to take a look at what was our early exposure to success, what did it look like, hard work, lots of money, without the money, you're nothing, rah, rah, rah. And so now I'm going to go into being with Danielle and coaching her. So, Danielle, I'm going to invite you in the simplest way, Lose any idea of being successful. Lose it right now. Just drop it like it was a hot potato. Lose any idea of I want to be successful in in my work. I want to be successful as a light worker. I want to drop it. Lose it. Hot potato. Ooh, hot. Drop it. Gone. Yeah. Totally gone. Totally gone. No pressure to do anything or be anyone. That's exactly totally. what it is, is the pressure. The I pressure. know. That's so, it. Okay, let's not focus on that anymore. I want you to imagine yourself right now in your mind. Create an environment where you are stepping in to the most Perfect day where you where you felt sunlight against your face or your body, and you just went, Oh wow, that's beautiful, and then you begin to notice the temperature, maybe a cool breeze or humidity, whatever is perfect or you, in this moment. Can you go there and allow it?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, right now, just me saying this to you, I'm already there in my perfect moment. Yes. Um, I, I I can smell the air. Okay, so be in that perfect moment. Just be there right now. Okay? And this is let me let me be with you for a second. This is oh, here we go. here we go. This is danielle your perfect life right there yes, right there. this is living your perfect life. feel it. Now, in that space of living your perfect life in this perfect moment, it doesn't mean that, you know, clouds don't come in, but you remain connected to that sun and that sensation of your perfect life captured in that perfect moment.
4: And from there,
0: and and from there, You will not have to infuse anything or anyone with anything. You will emanate the frequency.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. You can say any word you want with the person. You can, you know, move your hands whatever way you want with the person. That's all just distract the mind. You're already holding the vibration right here, right now. And in terms of the pendulum, you are the pendulum.
4: Mm. You
0: are the pendulum. Now allow yourself, allow your body to become to become that pendulum and connect to it it'll be in the solar plexus area of your body a little bit above and a little bit below the navel and you'll you will just feel it for example you can walk into a store and say okay which aisle is the the tomatoes and you're you'll just move your body you'll turn it a little bit and you'll feel like a tug and you just follow that you will connect and hook up like a pendulum you are that pendulum does that make sense
4: Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah, okay.
0: As far as a perfect day for you, in that perfect moment, and emanating that out as your perfect life, can you feel that? Yes. Okay. Now, say the word success.
4: Success.
0: It's just too heavy.
4: Mhm.
0: It's too heavy. Yeah. Drop it. It's too heavy. Now say, now say, my perfect life,
4: my perfect life.
0: Yeah. Can you hear that, mm. listener? Can you? Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: You hear that? Right. And that doesn't mean that things yeah. don't go awry. But you're different in it. Beautiful, Danielle. That was beautiful. <laughs> don't let me yeah. tell you. Tell me what, what you're feeling. Tell the listeners, what are you feeling? And and if it's nothing, and I feel the same as when I called, then if it's your truth, share it. What are you feeling <clears throat> right now? I,
4: I feel the bliss in my heart, like when you look at your child or or someone that you just love the most and your heart kind of has that tickly, tickly um, feeling, um, like mm-hmm. it, it's just can't reach that tickling beautiful feeling in my heart. I feel that. Um, and that's the same feeling that I have when I'm opening my heart um, during my meditations that Spirit has asked me to work on. It's the most beautiful feeling. It's a right. love, a passion. Yes. That's what it feels like. Beautiful. That's what I feel like right now. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. It is. And then when you hear the word success, leave that in corporate America. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> Right. It doesn't suit you. It doesn't suit you.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. My perfect life. I am living my perfect life.
4: Mm-hmm. Let me hear you say that. I am living my perfect life. <laughs> Fantastic. Right, <laughs> yay.
0: Right. Perfect. Thank you you so much, Danielle, for calling in and do join us again. And, you know, we want Quantum Alchemy Radio to be contagious. So let your friends and the people you work with know, you know, give us a call, call in for coaching. And it's been a joy to be with you. And I'm going to move into the Conscious Journey Tenets, And it will be very interesting. Very interesting, Danielle, to see if anything resonates for you in this. So I'm going to move to that. Thank you again.
4: Thank you so very much, ladies. You're very welcome. Namaste. You're very
0: welcome. Namaste. And so, Ruth, maybe just say a a few sentences, if you will, about what what is the Conscious Journey Tenet.
3: Okay
2: so um uh, so Anya was invited to write a chapter in a book called The View uh let me see if I can remember the full title Mind over Matter Heart over Mind which was uh, put uh-huh. together a, f- a few years ago by editor Dave Patrick and he um he got over 20 20- Nine, what he called pioneers of the new spirituality, around about uh, the year 2012, wasn't it, Anya? Just before 2012, to talk about yeah. 2012 and and kind of Absolutely. the shifts that were happening in the world, and everybody yeah. wrote a chapter about the, uh, you know, uh, the, the future really, and what was the future for hum- humanity and the evolution of consciousness. And he had authors like Irvin Laszlo and Neil Donald Walsh. And uh, what was her name? Dorothy McLean, who was one of the co-founders of the Findhorn Spiritual Community in Scotland. And lots and lots of, of other authors. Um, and Anya, I remember your, the way your chapter came in, like at the last minute. Uh, and, uh, literally. Every, every, literally at the last minute. And everyone else had written, I think you had to write up to 5,000 words and everybody else's was planned and done and sent in. And yours we came a- to as one. It was a second deadline, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. It just came through as a a pure, flow event. I remember you saying, I'm just going to sit there and write it. And I'm going, really? I I was having anxiety for you. And you no, no, (laughs) you said, I'm just going to sit there and write it. And you did. And it just came through as one flow event. But how it came through was like poetic verse. And I remember you saying the word tennis you said I'm getting the word tenet, what does it mean? we have, we haven't Googled the word tenet because we didn't know what it meant. But <laughs> well, that's what you've heard. And um and it said a, 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 um that a tenet is actually a, a poetic verse that gives us some kind of like um spiritual guidance of, of some kind. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. supposed to be kind of uh like guiding verses. And so so after after the uh the publication of that chapter, you looked and realised that there were actually 44 of these yes. verses. Then, yes. um, I remember you going through your beautiful uh, photography collection, and some uh, most of them are photographs you've taken yourself. One or two I did, and and, and one or two uh, other friends or. Uh, people that you know have done, but mostly they're your own photographs, and you, and and you just put them all up there on lifecoachingmagazine.net in the section that's called "In the Light of a New Day," which um, was the title of the chapter of the that the, you wrote in the book. But they are actually uh, conscious journey tenets because they're tenets or guiding verses, if you like, for living a conscious journey. So um Quantum Alchemy Radio, we've been reading one every week. So it'll be interesting yes. to see what today's tenant. I know, because
0: I, 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 by the way, listeners, I never know what what that tenant is going, to, you know, to read. So I just like now, I just opened it up, so I'm going to go right into reading it. And so um, we see how it applies to today's topic. It's been amazing watching them all just drop in and fit in so in particular for Danielle and Amy and and Risha it'll be interesting to see so here I go and by the way this will be a downloadable ebook that will also be on the website mm-hmm. so in the light of a new day in the light of who you are contemplate in your day that every single situation you encounter has had, at some point, a human being involved. Where would we be without each other? If on every loaf of bread there were the names and pictures of the human beings it took to get that bread on your table, you would then have the true ingredients as opposed to just wheat and flour. Hmm. Where would we be without each other? Oh, I'll tell you, the energy right now of Amy just dropped in, just imagining Amy at work now deciding, I'm going to be the light in this room, you know, and really showing up as that unselfish person that she naturally is. So
2: beautiful. So how do you hear that is fitting in Ruth? I just smile when I when I as soon as I looked at it, I thought, Oh, here we go. Just how perfect could is is this? Because when we really just drop in and be with the the tone of, of this and that's what that's what I feel on you with a lot of these conscious journey tenets, is that it's more about the the tone, you know, the the vibration of them. And uh, it's just so humbling. This is what we forget in our everyday, day-to-day, when we get caught up in our own stuff. This is actually what we forget. And when we drop into this space of appreciation, that's when we start to emanate our light. That's when we become the light workers, the light beings that we are. I'm thinking now back to that first show, you know, when... uh, we spoke about those two fantastic articles, you know, science proving that we're beings of light and how the cells in our bodies are actually emitting light and that that changes. We emit more light when we shift our perspective or shift our intention. So, I mean, if... When reading this Conscious Journey Tenet, it reminds us that we're nothing without each other, everything we have, I'm just looking around the room that I'm in now, you know, uh, from the computer to the, the glass that the water is in to the, you know, mouse on the mouse mat, every little thing has been produced, my watch on my wrist, everything has had other people involved and we forget that other people's energy is in everything that we touch and everything that we touch moves on to other people. I remember, I forget where we were now, Anya, I remember being with you when the first time I saw you actually take money and, and hold it and bless it and send um, loving energy through that money before you put it back into circulation. And that, that really made me stop and think, like, wow, you know, every time we touch something, bef- you know, that's going to be passed around and put back into circulation, we, we can be light workers, can't we? Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, So on that note, Ruth, I'll move into um, listeners, basically I'm going to move into about two and a half minutes of in the moment collecting with the consciousness of the people who are going to listen to this, whether presently or archives later, and just let some words come through to some music that act as just like a, a little grounding Reminder that you can stop what you're doing and listen. Two or three minutes, Ruth, is all it takes. We forget to just stop. If possible, close our eyes and connect in to our inner world and take an inner journey for just a few minutes that will absolutely center you, reorganize your system, and bring you into a more aligned authentic, integrated you. It only takes a few minutes. So let's take that time now. So Ruth, if you will just um, maybe number two, a little bit of music, and folks, about two and a half minutes, let's see what comes. Would you be today right now? who would you be if you knew you were light, like a ray of sunshine in another person's life? Who would you be if you knew that? How would you act if you knew that your light can light up a room? you be if you allowed yourself to connect and feel right now in this moment the light of who you really are what if you knew That you were here to lighten up everything in your life. How would you be different if you knew you are light? yourself to feel it, emanate it, and lighten up everywhere you go. You don't have to do anything, just be conscious light right now Feels Ruth, it feels inside in this moment. For me, it feels like an inner smile from the inside.
3: Mm.
2: Beautiful music, really
3: Ruth.
2: Beautiful Anya and beautiful words. That might be my favorite. I think of all the quantum moments. You've done so far. <laughs> it really brought tears. It was so moving. Man, you actually say that every time, but this one really was I think more moving than the others for me. Anyway, I, had tears. I just want to let the, I had
3: tears.
0: I had tears. Oh, uh, I
2: just want to, I just want to let the listeners know that that music is called Windswept by Kevin McLeod, and his website is incompetech.com. dot com. And for the listeners who are going to listen to that later, it will be on Anya's YouTube channel as Quantum Moment Number Seven. That will be Quantum Moment Number Seven. I'm going to remember that because I think that's my favorite so far.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and all it takes, again, um, folks, these are available for you, and you just, you know, plug into one of them, two or three minutes, and it's. I mean, I feel it in my own system. I I was plugged into the light. Of who I am, conscious and aware of it in the moment. I I just I feel giggly. Actually, yeah, yeah. I feel giggly, Ruth. Yeah. So Ruth, like you to know, take a I'll say
2: bit. I'll say again. Sorry, I'll just say again that these are spontaneous, and I think that's important to realize, because when you when you, when you Feel these quantum moments, and when you listen to these quantum moments, you can feel the where they come from. You can feel vibrationally where they're coming from. You know, um, this can't come from the mind. Anya couldn't plan to do this. So it's the same, uh, I, I've seen Anya work, but when Anya does workshops and events, I've seen Anya go into a room and totally clear the space, Anya connects with source energy, and it clears the space, like, I don't know if you've ever put a drop of um, detergent on top of, like, oily water, or you've seen that on the top of the TV, and it just goes, Pish! it just instantly clears all the dirt from the top of the water. And it's not that Anya's doing this, It's but it's the space that she's connected to, and we can feel it. So, um, if if you've got a block it, I can feel, listening to that quantum moment today, Any tension inside my head, any ideas I was holding on to that I was anything other than the light just dissolved in that quantum moment. And this is what I've seen happen with people that Anya's working with, you know, and you can see the expression on people's faces change. So Anya does offer uh, a private 30-minute complimentary for the purpose of determining uh, compatibility, compatibility Chemistry and coachability for an ongoing coaching relationship. So you can actually schedule a thirty-minute private complimentary coaching call with Anya, just by sending her an email to Anya A N Y A at com. And I highly recommend everybody who's listening, who has not experienced Anya's work personally, to uh, contact her, connect with her, set that up for yourself because it really is too profound to explain here on the radio we see a short we see a short uh, demonstration of Anya's work with the people who call in which is in itself is is pretty profound but what you don't see is that when you work with Anya yourself <clears throat> it's customized it's tailored uniquely to you that energy is focused uniquely on you and your issues and it's it's personal to you and so uh, it's even more profound, of course. So I just wanted to say that. I mean, yeah, that just came from, from nowhere. But uh... uh-huh.
3: uh-huh, And it sounds like you have personal experience, for...
2: <laughs> Well,
0: I do. I do for people who, I mean, I
2: kind of assume everybody knows, but of course there are many listeners who don't know that I was your client. I hired you as my coach. Um, and worked with you before we started to work together as as colleagues on projects like Life Coaching Magazine and and, and, uh, Quantum Alchemy Radio. I uh, I was your client for over three years, and so from my own personal experience, I just – went through layers and layers and layers and layers. And somebody, a client of mine, recently spoke to me about peeling the layers. And she said, I didn't realize those layers can grow back again. And in my experience, they don't grow back again. But what happens is we revisit issues from a new perspective. And through working with you, you're able to expand your perspective and Develop skills at the same time, so that as the issues come around again, you've always got deeper understanding, more learning, and more skills to be able to deal with them when they seem to come around again. So, but it's always right. a little bit different each time.
0: Right. You know, Ruth, I, 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 I believe in this moment, with Ms., the culmination of the work you know, self-reflection, the self-love, self-respect, self-regard, all of those delicious things that we're here to um, become in our life, the culmination of that through the coaching relationship with Ruth is actually going to be showcased in the next segment of the show. For 30 minutes, Ruth is doing her own show called Soul Path Coaching with Ruth Haddekin. She's exquisite at what she does. She is a soul astrologer that takes the science of soul astrology and applies it to the, individually to the unique energy mandala that we were all born with. So I'm really excited for you about that. So stay tuned. So as we come into a close here, folks, I just want to also remind all of you who are parents, who are teachers and our teaching or coaches and our coaching. You are light workers. You are light workers. And the difference you can make in another person's life when you are connected to the light of who you are is profound. And when you start living from that place, you shift the relationship with yourself. You shift with the idea of who you think you are, and you step more into who you be, who you really be. Just using myself in this moment, if I were not connected to the degree that I can in any moment, to the core of my being, which is the essence of who we all are, then I would sound different to you or I would feel different to you and, and you might think, ah, she's lecturing us, she's up on her soapbox and this or that. It's because I'm connected to that space that connects all of us. That's the beauty of it. We we as light workers, we are all of us, all of us in the light are connected. Ruth, maybe just say a sentence or two before we move into your show. Uh, you know, weaving it, Ruth, especially with show number one about about light.
2: Well, we don't, we don't have a lot of time, but yeah, especially with show number one, I mean, science has proven now that we are beings of light, that our cells are emitting light, and that more importantly, information is carried on light. So our cells are singing to each other in every moment of every day, and we can make such a huge difference as light workers in this world if we remember that and just change in an instant, how we're thinking about somebody, how we're thinking about what we're doing, we will start to flow energy and shine our light differently in that mm. moment.
0: Mm. And it emanates, it's palpable, and it can be felt. And, it, and I trust and I have great faith that some of you, most of you, can actually feel that light emanating right now because it's resonating to who you really are. So here we are, folks. Again, thank you so very much for listening. Spread the word, Quantum Alchemy Radio. We want to become contagious. And if you want to stay on to listen to Ruth's show, hang with us. Your Soul Path Astrologer, RuthHattigan.com. If you're asking, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? There are answers. You were born with them in your astrological mandala. Book a session with Ruth com Ruth answers your deepest questions about your life and relationships. Just now, Ruth com. Hello, everyone.
2: My name is Ruth Haddockin. And welcome to Soul Path Astrology. So we'll be together now for about 30 minutes or so. And so what I intend to cover today is a bit of an overview. So first I'll be talking about what is astrology and then how Soul Path Astrology is different from regular astrology, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the basics of Soul Path Astrology and how you can use it as a very simple guide to keep you on your soul path and life purpose throughout life. That sounds like a really big claim to make, but it will all become clear how simple it really is and how it, it really does work. And um to, to, uh, to show how it works, we're going to use a real-life example today of Nelson Mandela. We'll be looking at his soul path astrology to see how he uh, shone the light of his soul throughout his life. Okay, so here we go then. So to begin with, what is astrology? There are so many misunderstandings about what astrology actually is. And a lot of people's experience of astrology is just reading in the newspaper, you know, that you're a, you're a Cancer or you're a Libra, and so blah, blah, whatever it says is going to be for, for Libra this week, or Cancer. But it's actually a very ancient science, and it is a science. Astrology is a science, and I'll say a little bit in in a moment about why um, astrology as a Science But first of all Let's look This thing we love to do On Quantum Alchemy Radio Is to look at the etymology Which is the origin of words So the word astrology Actually comes from The ancient Greek word Astron That means star And the ancient Greek word Logia Which means Science Or knowledge of Or study of So we can literally Think of astrology As the science of the stars, or the study of the stars. Now, if we want to contrast that with astronomy, which we currently think of as the science of the stars, the suffix nomi means management or measurement. That comes from the Greek nomos, meaning arrangement. And we can see that suffix used in words like economy, which originally came from the ancient Greek word ekos, which means house, because the original economics or economy was managing the household, or you know, making the arrangements for the household. And then in words like agronomy, which is managing the land. So we can see. Once, this is why it's great to look at the uh, etymology. We can see how astronomy is about measuring the arrangement of the stars like how big the planets are how fast do they move how many light years are they from the earth and so on and so forth and astrology is the science of the stars or the study of the stars and one of my favourite astrology teachers said this very very well recently he said astronomy is to astrology what physiology is to psychology. Now, stay with me. Astronomy is to astrology, what physiology is to psychology. So in other words, physiology studies the physical the physical body and the physical mechanisms of the body and psychology Studies our mind and and what it means to us, and so likewise, astronomy tells us about the mechanics of the planets and the stars in the universe, while astrology gives us the meaning, and that's what astrology has always been about. Astrology has always. Given us meaning. What is it? Well, there's a comet in the sky. What does that mean? There's that bright light in the east. You know, the three wise men followed the star to, you know, to find the the stable in Bethlehem. What does it mean? There's a bright light in the sky. Something's different. What does it mean? Astrology has always given us the meaning. So, how is soul path astrology then different from other forms of astrology? Well. Soul Path Astrology has its origins in the work of Alice Bailey in the 1940s and 1950s. In particular, a book that she wrote called Esoteric Astrology. But that was only a se- it, one book in a series of books, which she called A Treatise on the Seven Rays. And since then, um, that's been further developed by contemporary modern esoteric astrologers such as Alan Oaken. So, first of all, it's important to understand that Soul Path Astrology, in the sense of which I'm talking about today, is actually a branch of Western Astrology. So it's not to be confused with other systems of Astrology, such as Indian or Vedic Astrology, um, Tibetan Astrology, Vietnamese and Chinese Astrology, which you might have heard of, you know... um, I think it's the year of the horse that we've got coming up. You know, they, use, they do use animal symbols, but they use different animal symbols than we use in Western astrology. So, there are astrology is a vast field. There are many different systems of astrology, and they all have very different knowledge bases. And again... Alan Oaken says it's good to not mix your cosmologies because they don't always work well together. Sometimes people will take parts of Indian astrology and ask a question of a Western astrologer. And it doesn't always work because they're actually different systems. So we're talking about Western astrology and then within Western astrology... There are even different branches. So I'm hoping this is making things clear to people that not every astrologer focuses on every branch of astrology. So within Western astrology, there are branches such as electional astrology. You know, that's where people can ask a question like, when's the best time to apply for a promotion or when should I get married? So an electional astrologer would draw up a chart and look at, you know, the conditions around the time and, and answer When's the best time for the person to get married or go for that promotion? And then there's horary astrology, uh, which where people ask specific questions. Now this sounds similar to electional astrology, but it's different because it's a whole system in and of itself and a very strict system. There are specific rules about interpreting the planets. And, and the positions of them. And people ask very specific questions like, I've, I've misplaced my watch. Where can I find it? Or where am I likely to find my lost dog? And an orary astrologer will draw up a chart and get very specific answers. And it's, it's an, I'm not an orary astrologer and it fascinates me. I, it's like magic to me how specific and how correct and accurate the answers can actually be. But that in itself is a, a lifetime specialty. People study for a lifetime to become an orary astrologer. And then there's mundane astrology, which a lot of us will have experienced recently. Uh, It looks at world affairs, the economy, the weather. So you know when you've seen maybe in the Sunday newspapers, um, this is going to happen in July, that's going to happen in October. You know, is the stock market going to crash? Is the weather going to improve? Is is there still going to be, you know, really severe climate changes? That's mundane astrology that actually looks at what's going on in the world. And then, of course, there's predictive astrology, which we're all familiar with, which, as the name implies, predicts future events. So, there's an important difference between all of those branches of conventional Western astrology and other forms of astrology and soul path astrology. And that difference is that soul path astrology has at its core The spiritual truth of oneness This fits in so perfectly With what we were talking about uh, In Quantum Alchemy Radio today About being light workers And that everything is light And we are all of the light And this is the basis of soul path astrology The reason I mentioned earlier Alice Bailey's book Esoteric Astrology Was only one of a series of books that she spoke about called a treatise on the seven rays and what she's talking about what esoteric astrologers are talking about are the many rays of light that begin with from the one that one ray of light then becomes three rays of light that then becomes seven rays of light that then becomes the many rays of light so soul astrology has that spiritual truth of oneness at its core, and this is not a theory, it's not a belief or an idea or a philosophy, but it's an energetic reality that mystics and yogis and spiritual practitioners have been pointing us towards down the centuries. This is what the spiritual Teachers and masters have been telling us that we are all one, that there is no separation. And so this is the basis for soul path astrology. So, for example, water will always run downhill. That's what I mean by an energetic reality, you know, or a truth. We might have an idea to the contrary. You might have an idea that water flows uphill. But if we pour water onto a slope, we will see and experience for ourselves the, re- the energetic reality that it flows downhill, has a down downward current. So the universe and everything in it, including us, really is one, and we, we discover this for ourselves as a fact through our own experience and our developing consciousness through expanding our consciousness and expanding our awareness through shows like Quantum Alchemy Radio, for example, and all the amazing topics that we that we talk about. You know, the, there's some fascinating information coming into the world right now. And also, and most importantly, through our own inner journey work, through meditation and uh, mindfulness and contemplation, and also through our personal development work working with coaches like Anya, working to um, to really expand our awareness, to really shift our perception. So there's a beautiful quote that comes from a, a very respected astrologer called Alan Leo, who was around about at the same time as Alice Bailey. Alan Leo was an esoteric astrologer. Uh, and I I forget now exactly when he wrote this book I think it was a bit later than Alice Bailey's but it was also just called Esoteric Astrology by Alan Leo where he put his side of, of things and how he views esoteric astrology remembering, excuse me that esoteric astrology is where soul path astrology originates from so when he says esoteric astrology I think, okay soul path astrology and so Alan Leo says, we may define esoteric astrology as that side of the subject which views all stellar phenomena from the standpoint of unity, whilst exoteric astrology begins its study from the side of diversity and separateness. The esoteric astrologer looks upon the whole expression of life as proceeding from one central and primal source and therefore seeks to understand the subject from the point of view of the one flowing forth into the many. Now, that for me is the best quote to explain the difference between soul path astrology and all the other forms of astrology. It cuts through a lot of the confusion about astrology. Now, it might sound complex and esoteric right now, but in practice, it really does bring simplicity. And this is because we're evolving from instinct through intellect to intuition. Now, the first time you hear that, you might think, what does that mean? This comes from the Tibetan Master. It was written in Esoteric Astrology by Alice Bailey. She was a channel who actually... Brought, uh, she was in telepathic communication with a Tibetan master who just called himself the Master D K. But he he wasn't um, an entity, or uh, a non-physical entity. It said that he was actually a, an abbot of a monastery and was alive and well and living in Tibet at the time, and that he was in Tibetan, in, sorry, in telepathic communication with Alice Bailey, and so the Tibetan master through Alice Bailey said. We are evolving from instinct through intellect to intuition. And I've heard that in other places as well. It's not just in esoteric astrology. So in more primitive times, you can see we reacted more from instinct. And then as we developed and began to use the intellect, you can see it allowed us to build great civilizations and live in more complex societies and live more civilly. It civilized us having the intellect. We weren't just cushing each other over the head like Neanderthals. And but now the intellect itself is limited because learning is limited. Learning is all about something that happened before and learning from the experience. As we grow and expand in consciousness, we're moving into intuition. Now, it's the intellectual aspect of the mind, then, that creates increasing complexity. With consciousness comes intuitive knowing, and with that comes increasing simplicity. So, the Tibetan master says there are really only six zodiac signs, but we experience them as twelve, because of the tendency of the human intellect to divide and separate. So as we awaken spiritually and evolve in consciousness, we'll only have six signs. So instead of Aries and Libra being opposite signs, we'll have Aries, Libra, Taurus, Scorpio. If you go back and listen to Quantum Alchemy Show number five, the multidimensional you, we spoke about the spectrum of conscious, and especially in particular, the gross, subtle an extremely subtle consciousness, and it's when we're connected to that extremely subtle consciousness that we become more aware of the dynamics of energy and the en- like. Anya f- uh, speaks about the energetics of soul astrology. So we really have a very simple language of energy and light in soul path astrology to describe our experience and the energy dynamics at work in our own energy field, our astrological mandala. So now, the basics of Soul Path Astrology. If you know three things, your sun, moon, and rising sign, that's sometimes called the ascendant, You have a powerful tool to navigate your own soul's path and expression through your life. And there's lots of places on the internet that offer free charts. Just Google a free astral reading and uh, you you can get a free chart done and that will tell you what your sun, moon and rising sign or ascendant is. The rising sign indicates your soul's essence. It indicates the light that you want to shine and embody in this lifetime. And this soul light is focused and expressed through the lens of your personality, which is symbolized by your sun and moon signs. So the sun and moon is the yin and yang of your personality. The sun is in the light. It's conscious. The moon may be hidden from you and unconscious, but it comes out in relation to others. Your friends and family might see your moon sign traits before you do. So if you imagine a flashlight, your soul's essence is the actual light and your personality is the lens. So while many of us might share the same soul sign, we'll express it through a different lens. And your soul light can only come through to the degree that your lens is clear. So the challenge for all of us, for you and me and everyone, is to keep our lens clear and express the highest octaves, highest vibrations of our sun and moon signs, and then the highest octave of our soul will naturally shine out into the world through a clear lens. So, to read an overview of the purpose of your soul sign, go to the blog on my website, luthadikim.com, And read the entry, Your Soul's Purpose. That gives a little overview of the soul's purpose of all 12 signs. And your soul sign, just remember, your soul sign is the ascendant or the rising sign. That's how you know which one your soul sign is. Then, to read in depth about the highest and lowest octaves of each sign, go to the Living Soul Astrology section on lifecoachingmagazine.net, you'll see lots of in-depth information there about the soul and personality levels of each sign. And that's what you really need to know is the soul and personality levels of your sun, moon, and rising sign. So let's see how this works in practice by looking at today's real-life example of Nelson Mandela. So just for astrologers that might be listening, the information I'm working with is his birth date as July the 18th, 1918, and I've forgotten to put the the time down here, but I believe it was about 2.15pm, 2.14pm, somewhere thereabouts, and he was born in a small uh, village called Mervezo, which is in the Eastern Cape in South Africa. And this birth data is not confirmed. It's taken from the Astro data bank at astro.com. So when we just look at these three, let's keep it simple because this is what we're really saying here is that this is a simple system and that from just knowing these three things, we can know about our soul path and our life purpose from just three things. How is that possible? Let's look at Nelson Mandela. So in looking at his chart, we can see that he has Sagittarius rising. That's his rising sign. He has Sagittarius, how we would say on the ascendant. So that means his soul sign is Sagittarius. The sun was in Cancer when he was born, and the moon was in Scorpio. So from a soul path astrology perspective, we'd say he was a Sagittarius soul with a Cancer-Scorpio personality. Now remember, our soul light is expressed through the lens of our personality. So as a Sagittarius soul, what was he here to do in this lifetime? Well, the highest vibration of Sagittarius is the sign of the spiritual seeker and teacher. And according to esoteric astrology, Sagittarius uplifts humanity through the revelation of truth and wisdom. Can we say Nelson Mandela did that? I think so. How did he do it? How he did it is through the lens of his personality signs. So if his soul light is here to uplift humanity through the revelation of truth and wisdom, he did that through his Cancer Scorpio personality. The yin and the yang of his personality, Cancer Scorpio. So, first of all, they're both water signs. And water signs are here to master emotions. So he was here to become a master of emotions in his lifetime at, the, at his ordinary everyday personality level. Cancer is the sign of emotional intelligence, empathy, unconditional love and compassion. And it's also the sign of the family and tribal consciousness. Scorpio is the sign of personal healing and transformation. So let's put those three things together. And we can see that Nelson Mandela fulfilled his sole purpose of uplifting humanity through the revelation of truth and wisdom. He did that through his sun sign of cancer by bringing great compassion, unconditional love, and unity to the tribes of South Africa. It's amazing what that man did in one lifetime. If you know a little bit of the history of South Africa, and if you're young, it would be really well worth Googling it. To see how South Africa was transformed in nelson mandela 's lifetime i 'm old enough to remember the news, so anyone you know of a certain age you know what happened in South Africa and how it really transformed uh, unimaginably in one man 's lifetime and so let 's now bring in his Scorpio moon. Where does that come into the picture because that gave him the strength and wisdom gained through his own personal journey of healing and transformation scorpio is always about our own personal journey of healing and transformation now for people who don't know nelson mandela was a a black man in south africa many years ago when south africa was under white rule and it was called apartheid and it was very similar to what happened in the american south In the 1960s, there was segregation between blacks and whites. The whites had power, the whites had the jobs, and the blacks didn't. So, without getting too political, Nelson Mandela was a political activist, and he was actually put away in prison for speaking out against the white South African government of the day. In fact, it was called Rhodesia at one time. You might if you're Googling, you might have to look up Rhodesia to see what happened in South Africa's history. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because you don't spend as many years as he did in prison without being transformed in some way. He could have gone insane, yet it only strengthened his resolve and deepened his wisdom, his empathy, and his compassion. You can look at, Mandala, at Nelson Mandala's face in, in the recent pictures from when he was released from prison and see the peace, the deep peace in that man's face. So, incidentally, for any astrologers who might be listening, his Scorpio moon is also in the 12th house, which is associated with prisons, and it's also associated with our own inner journey. So, he resolved the challenge of his Scorpio moon to stabilise his emotions, master his emotions and his own inner world through prison and his own inner journey of healing and transformation. So we can see, without getting into the details of any other planets, house positions or aspects, any of the complex um, uh, factors of modern astrology, just by keeping it really simple, we can already see how using your soul sign along with your sun and moon can really act as a compass and guide to keep you on your soul path and life's purpose. So do... Download the recording of today's show, listen again, go to the websites, find out what your own soul sign is. That's your ascendant to your rising sign. Find out your soul sign, find out as much as you can about the lower and higher vibrations of your soul sign, your sun sign, your moon sign, and you will have a compass and guide to keep you on your soul path and life's purpose. Okay, so thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Now you can also read Anya's unconventional poetry prose and musings at com. See you
0: next time. Bye.
4: Thank you for listening
0: to the Quantum Alchemy Radio Show. Join us again as hosts, guests, and callers create a new, different and timely show we invite you to be the shift that wants to happen
3: in the world